At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is odds on with mike palm and amal shaw live from the circus sportsbook on vsin the sports betting network Welcome into Odds On. Mike Palm here with the Natalie Clad Amal Shaw. Happy New Year's Eve to everyone. Amal, a couple of replacement bowl games as the early appetizer before we get the playoffs started in about 90 minutes here, early in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. 31 10 right now. It stands early in the fourth quarter in favor of Wake Forest. They just scored and went for two and converted. Important there in that they laid up to 17 and a half in this game the number got to. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough to see Rutgers offense really being able to put together another drive unless they hit one big play there. But by the way, Mike, looking sharp. I know it's New Year's Eve. You know, just uh, really, if I had known you were going to wear the tux, I would have gone with the tux. Yeah, well, I didn't know. I mean, I actually... I actually thought about just wearing something very casual and then changing later, but I, I don't know I'm changing in and out all day. With all the New Year's Eve parties here at, at both the D and, and Circa will be involved in tonight. So I said, we're going on here. Let's give the people something to look at. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. We got this slot because we're eye candy. The other bowl game going on right now is at halftime out in the West Texas town of El Paso. I'm all the Sun Bowl. I tell you, every year just blindly bet this game under 21 nothing at halftime. Fire up chips. The best Florida Gator head coach in the last decade, Jim McElwain, and getting the job done here. Oh, stop with the nonsense. I guess you want to get your last shots in of the year, huh? Yes, I do. I'm Dan Mullen. <laughs> Speaking of which, can we just say that the ACC is not a Power 5 conference? How about the Pac Terrible? And, and the Pac Terrible. <laughs> I would agree with you. Absolutely right. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Both of these conferences. I get the Wake Forest, the ACC runner-up, dominating that 5-7 and seven Rutgers squad. How about last night, though? Pittsburgh down to their third-string quarterback. They were very fortunate uh, Michigan State was to win that game, though. Yeah, they were. And then covered with the with the pick six at the end. Yeah, but that, that, that was a backbreaker. The, you know, the, the, the second-string quarterback going out in the first drive absolutely changed things. But the turnover early in the first half, Wake held on to that 11-point lead for the better part of a quarter. I thought the upset was looming there. But then Michigan State converted, I think, four third downs on that drive where eventually they took the lead and then got the cover there. Uh We'll talk about the semifinals coming up here a little bit later. Let's talk about the biggest NFL matchups this weekend here and go a little bit more in-depth. In the AFC, the big matchup of the weekend features the first-place AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs also, two-time defending AFC champion, going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The Bengals right now, first in the AFC North. They can eliminate everybody else with a win here today. But here's the interesting thing about the North of all. Cleveland Browns currently sit in last place. If they win their game over Pittsburgh on Monday night, the Chiefs beat the Bengals, and the Browns beat the Bengals, 
in Cleveland next Sunday, the Browns win the AFC North. I yeah. mean, that's that's how tight this division is. It really is. And uh, Cincinnati with an opportunity here. Um, I, I'm not touching this game. I do think the Chiefs win it, but I'm not surprised at all if Cincinnati pulls off the upset here, getting four and a half at home. I'm uh, I'm an under player. This is a high total. It, it's gone up. It was 49, 49 and a half. We saw it move yesterday. Sits at 51. I really lean over here. I know the Kansas City defense has been the storyline behind their resurgence and, and taking control in the AFC West, but I think they'll finally get tested. Remember the teams they played, Dallas without their top receivers. I think Joe Burrow and this team will score points at home on Sunday. Yeah, you saying you're an under player is like saying it rains in Seattle. Well, I, I lean that way. <laughs> you lean that way. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think this is a game where we could see points from both offenses. The one thing you point to with Cincinnati is they got a good pass rush with Hendrickson and uh, Hubbard, but can they be consistent enough to get that pressure on Mahomes? This Kansas City offense, though, Mike, are you concerned at all that they haven't looked elite? It's really been the defense that's done a tremendous job for several weeks. Yeah, I am, but they still have the weapons. And, yeah. and they still have arguably the best, if not one of the top three play callers in the game in Andy Reid. They're going to get points on the board. Remember, the banged-up Baltimore Ravens still moved the ball up and down the field at, at Three Rivers last weekend or whatever it is that they're playing up there in Cincinnati. Okay, here's the big news in the NFL this morning. Kirk Cousins. Unvaccinated Kirk Cousins has tested positive them all and will not be available for the game in Green Bay on Sunday. This line has moved almost a full touchdown. Unvaccinated Kirk Cousins positive and out in a game the Vikings need to win. My question to you, Amal, how do you like that? Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather take my chances with Sean Mannion and find out what you have in the future. The Oregon State product, he's got a big arm. The accuracy leaves a little bit to be desired. 13 and a half this is going to be an interesting number here. Uh, boy, it would have been nice to have the Packers. This is the one thing from this point of view with this COVID. Look, you could have taken the Packers early in the week, but it could backfire. Let's say it was Rodgers that was out due to COVID. You know, so... If you're willing to take the risk, it can be beneficial. Sometimes it can work against you. I think Green Bay, with a ton to play for, getting that number one seed, they're going to absolutely boat race the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I agree as well. The competitive nature of this game, I think, is gone. By the way, I, I always say boat race. I got it from a friend of mine who's a big mm -hmm. Boomer Sooner guy. I don't even know what the hell it means. What about rock fight? <laughs> That's my <laughs> biggest pet peeve. By the way, is that in everybody's contract except yours and mine at VEASAN that they must use that once a week? Yeah. Last rock fight I knew of uh, was David and Goliath. <laughs> Another key game in the AFC playoff picture. The Dolphins take their win streak to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Dolphins have not played the toughest of competitions during this run. Very if kind the, of you. If the playoffs started today, Amal, this would be a wild card weekend matchup. Miami at Tennessee. This would be the 7-2 matchup. Titans right now a three-and-a-half point favorite. Total, Amal, 39-and-a-half. Yeah, I like Tennessee here. You mentioned it, and you absolutely right in your reference to the fact that the Miami Dolphins, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the teams they've beaten. Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens were on a Thursday night game after the overtime game against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, but also, how many straight days did Miami water that field down? I mean, that was painted mud in that game. Well, that's, Lamar could not scramble. That started actually before the Thursday night game. <laughs> I mean, it started well before the Sunday game in that week. At the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again, and then the Saints uh, with uh, Ian Book. I think uh, he'd probably do well if he was playing for Notre Dame tomorrow, but the reality of it is they have not faced elite-level competition. I think Tennessee is being undervalued here, catching points at home against San Francisco. Now you've got a few extra days rest, an opportunity to wrap up the division because I think the Colts are going to be in a dogfight against the Raiders. A great opportunity for Tennessee here. I like the three, went to three and a half, and we see the reason for this uptick. Yeah, I'm going to include them in a money line parlay this weekend because I don't want to lay that extra hook. I'd also look under here. It's already a very low NFL total. Miami is a good under team because they're not explosive on offense. 
a lot of short passes with Tua. They have a good defense. Flores is a great defensive coach. Um, and I think this game, Tennessee's going to try to run the ball here. But uh, I, I agree with you. I can't pull the trigger on the Dolphins. To your point, during that stretch, which you just referenced, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right, they have held five of the opponents in seven, 10 points or less. It's really been the defense. The Jets had the one aberration where they scored 24 points, but and the Jets scored 17 in the other one. These teams have not moved the ball. This Miami defense has been vastly underrated. Yeah. Uh, you know the team that moved the ball on? The last team that really moved the ball on was the Falcons. Uh, right, the, that's right. That's the last team that yeah. moved the ball on. Okay, an interconference matchup as the L.A. Rams travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Lamar did not practice yesterday. He did practice on Wednesday. Expected to go here. Big implications here. Rams now, the shot to win this NFC West. Ravens still alive in the playoff picture. And for the AFC North, should Kansas City take care of business in Cincinnati. Rams here, this number hovered around 4, 4.5. We're seeing more Rams money them all. They're up to a five-point road favorite in this spot, 46.5. I think this is a true test of how good your Rams team is. I would completely agree with you. If you're an elite team, you've got to go on the road and punish a team like this Ravens one that is not healthy. No team is more excited to see the calendar flip to January than the Ravens, who were over in December. Great opportunity here for the Rams to be able to pull a game out that you probably coming into the season, Mike, would have assumed that the Ravens would be a three-point home favorite. So if you're Los Angeles, you've got to take advantage of this and keep the pressure on not only the Packers, but the other two teams there as well between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. All right, let's switch to a matchup at SoFi in the AFC West. The Broncos, off the loss in Las Vegas here to the Raiders, uh, go to L.A. to take on the Chargers, who inexplicably got beat by 13-point dog Houston Texans in that game. Davis Mills, for the first time in his NFL career, looked like a quarterback, but so does anybody. I'd like to see Ian Book against the Chargers defense. He might he might look serviceable. Chargers here, I'm surprised this game hasn't gone to seven. It sat at six and a half, six and a half, six and a half. I guess the Chargers defense is a cause for concern for many. 45 and a half here. This is a must-win spot for both of these teams. And you always say, after getting embarrassed, a team plays well. Are you on the Chargers on Sunday? I, I think they win the game, but I'm going to tell you my concern on lane six and a half. I, 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 look, the embarrassment in that game is they lost. I, I'm not looking at it as an embarrassment the way Washington got embarrassed. But to me, the one reason why I can't back the Chargers in this spot is simply because, number one, you alluded to it with the defense, but number two, Brandon Staley foregoing points, Mike. This is a problem from a betting perspective. You know, you could win a game, but there are probably two to three drives in a game where he could pick up six to nine points and he won't do it because he's going to take unnecessary risk. And you have to be concerned with that if you're looking at betting this game. I think if Locke's ever going to play well, it's got to be done against the Chargers. I think they run the ball effectively. I like them getting six and a half here. Okay. I was uh, texting with a former NFL executive. I don't want to mention any names the other day. And he said you could make the argument that Anthony Lynn did a better job with the Chargers last year than what Staley's doing with them this year. It's it's not even a comparison. The reality of it is if Anthony Lynn had someone like myself or yourself on the sideline managing the game clock, they would have had a far better record and he'd still be coaching the Chargers. They'd have made the playoffs last year. Absolutely right. I go back to the Tampa game. 17-point lead before the half. They got less than they got one time at less than 40 seconds they to take a, a knee. They run a draw. What are you, what are you doing? Take a knee. It's amazing. I see it in college every week. It drives me nuts. Do you think you're going to bust a 91-yard run, or do you think there's a greater chance of you fumbling? Yeah, against the Tampa Bay run defense, right? Exactly. They were in firm control in that game. In, they, we, in they, wet weather. They lost five games with double-digit leads. Yeah. You flip the script, and they're a playoff team last year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I want to hit one more game here. Cardinals, Cowboys. This line continues to go up here. I thought it. I thought it opened four and a half. It was too much. Went to five, five and a half. This is up to six and a half now. Dem boys are laying. 
against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals with a total of 52 of them all. I'm going to tell you right now, I love Arizona here. Uh, the six and a half is a great number, and I'm hope I think it's going to come back down, but I obviously hope it gets to seven. Don't take the six and a half. If it comes down to six, fine, no big deal, but wait to see if it gets to seven. I think they're being absolutely discounted here, Mike. I think Arizona's a better team than they're getting credit for. Look, if they're a three, three and a half point dog, I wouldn't touch this game. I'm taking the 220 here. You are? Yeah, I, I like that play. I think they win the game. I tend to agree with you. I think they got a great shot. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, it, it, it's now or never here for this team. The, the swoon continues. I think this number should be a field goal. So, I mean, I, I know how I've talked about the Cowboys handling prosperity. They don't. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we'll take a one final look at the college football playoff. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, or a mall's personal favorite, citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical welcome back into odds on mike palm here with amal shaw on our final show of 2021 and amal i want to get into for the final time the two semifinal matchups the uh the cotton bowl will kick here in just a little bit over an hour and uh, an hour and 15 minutes from dallas featuring the number one seed Alabama Crimson Tide and the number four seed and undefeated Cincinnati Bearcats. This number's holding steady at 13.5 in favor of the Tide, the total of 57. Yesterday you told us you like the points in this game. I do, not changing off that position. Uh, you know, I actually would have, I'm hoping Cincinnati scores first and then get Alabama less than a touchdown, like the middle of the game here potentially. Why are you saying no? Because I don't think it'll come down to less than a touchdown if Cincinnati's up seven, unless it's right at the end of the half. I mean, if Cincinnati takes the opening drive and scores, I think Alabama is still going to be favored by seven and a half or eight, maybe even nine. 
It'll take more play than that to move That's fair. To move that number. Well, let's see what the Crimson Tide offense does on their first sequence, yeah. assuming it goes that way. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, funny, I was talking to my dad about this game this morning. He likes. He thinks the Crimson Tide's going to blow out Cincinnati. I, I, I think the Bearcats in this game are being underappreciated and underrated in terms of what they can do. Look, the one problem that Georgia had is in their back four. And I think when you look at Cincinnati, this is probably the best back four that Alabama has faced all year long. Kobe Bryant and uh, Ahmad Gardner back there are both going to play on Sunday. It's going to be first uh, first round. Gardner's going to be a first round pick. Uh, Bryant's probably going to be in the first three rounds. If you can slow down Jamison Williams, and I'm not, look, I don't think the loss of John Mechie is as big as other people do. But the key for me is can Robinson run the ball as effectively as he has? Because he was banged up in that Auburn game. If he's banged up at all in this game, I don't like Trey Sanders to back up. He can't run between the tackles. And so it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. You've got to get pressure on Bryce Young. If they don't get pressure on Bryce Young, he will surgically pick them apart. Outside of the game against Indiana where they trailed for the first quarter and a half, Cincinnati has been a front-running team this year. Houston hung with them for the first half. But Cincinnati, for the large part, has dominated games and been in front. Are you concerned if the Bearcats find themselves down two touchdowns that they're not in the position they've been, they haven't been in this spot before, and are you confident that Desmond Ritter can get them back in the game? Well, I don't think it's an inability or ability in that sense. I think it's a confidence factor. When you play Alabama, you can sit here and say all the right things you believe you're going to win, but make no mistake about it, human nature creeps in, and when you get up there and you line up against Evan Neal and these guys hit you in the mouth and all of a sudden you don't have the ability to hit back necessarily, then you realize you might be in for a tough matchup. But if this team can come out and play well early on, depending on how the game goes, let's say it's a turnover or something that leads to an Alabama 14-point lead, but you've managed to score 21, 24 points, you're probably pretty comfortable and confident that you can move the ball. I think it really comes down to how the game plays out. This question may be a bit a bit misplaced, and I, maybe I'm not saying it right. But who's there more pressure on in this game? Obviously, both teams are, are goal-focused and trying to win the game. But is there more pressure on an Alabama not to lose to a group of five school? Or is there more pressure on Cincinnati to make this a respectable game? I, I think back to when Georgia played Hawaii in the Sugar yeah. Bowl a few years ago, right? And Hawaii Brennan, was there. Yeah. And they got beat like 51-3 to by Georgia. And these teams, when they stepped up to these spots. Now, remember Boise beating Oklahoma in the, in the Fiesta Bowl sort of turned that all around. But to me, I think there's more pressure on the group of five team like Cincinnati to show that they belong with a with a blue blood like Alabama. Well, I think it's a great point you make, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I think when you go back to the Boise-Oklahoma game, they ran two of the greatest plays in the history of college football, right? The hook and ladder, and then uh, hook and lateral, and then, of course, the Statue of Liberty, uh, the play. Statue of Liberty <laughs> play. But when I look at Cincinnati, the reason why this game is so important is they're going to move to the Big 12. If you win this game, think about this. You know who wants Alabama to win this game is Ohio State recruiting. Because now, all of a sudden, you've got a school 150 miles west of you that can actually go recruit because they're going to be in Big 12 country. And I think it changes the dynamic of things. Now, all of a sudden, they've got a chance. Imagine if Cincinnati beats Alabama. They've got to be sky high going in that game January 10th with a shot to win the national title. You're not worried about Michigan or Georgia if you're going to beat Alabama in this game. I don't think there's that much pressure. From the standpoint for Alabama, though, I look at it like you've got a Georgia team you've beaten. Michigan hasn't been there before, and you get Cincinnati. If you're Alabama, I think this is your best shot to win a national title that they've ever had. All right, let's talk about the Orange Bowl uh, from Miami. Georgia, Michigan, Michigan actually the two seed, Georgia the three seed after the first loss of the year to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Bulldogs laying seven and a half here a mall. Total is 46. 
You know, I think this game, we're going to get a sense of it very quickly. It's going to come down to can the Michigan front seven stop the run and put Georgia into situations where it's third and long. If you can do that, then David Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson have a great opportunity to be able to tee off in this game. Uh, Hill's going to be in there. That's huge for them. Uh, First team all Big Ten in the secondary for the Wolverines. And then, Mike, can Michigan run the ball between the tackles against Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean in that front seven for Georgia? If they're in situations where they have second and short, third and short, I like their chances a lot. But can Cade McNamara play at the level he did against Ohio State? If he does, the Wolverines win this game outright. If he doesn't, they could be in trouble. Will the heat and humidity, still going to be 76 degrees at kickoff in Miami, play a factor in this game in favor of Georgia over Michigan? It could be a little bit, right? Because if you think about it up in Ann Arbor and these types of places in the Big Ten, since the early October, since early October, you have not had to deal with that. Uh, I I don't know if it's going to be as much of a factor. I think when you have young people at this age, they can fight through things like this. But this is going to be, I'm going to tell you what, on paper, this is a game that I've been looking forward to for a month. I think this is going to be terrific. This reminds me of Clemson, Georgia, and Charlotte in week one. But I'm not saying it's going to be as low scoring as that, but I think two terrific teams, very good defenses. That we're going to rely on the quarterbacks that are not necessarily elite to make plays. In recent years, we've seen the semifinals be Alabama, a big favorite, mm-hmm. the 1-4, and the 2-3 game be much anticipated, but be blowouts. And I'm specifically speaking about Ohio State, Clemson. Is there a chance this game is one-sided? I don't think so, because I think when you look at that matchup last year, you had an elite-level offense, right? You're, you're looking at Fields was a first-round pick. Uh, you got two receivers that are probably going to be first-round picks, and Jamison Williams also played in that game, was, is going to be a first-round pick. These two offenses, I don't think they have the ability to run away and hide. I think when you look at Georgia's dominance during the regular season, it was against opponents that were weak offensively. Defense set them up in short field positions, and then James Cook. I, I've been a fan of this kid for the last couple of years. Uh, and, of course, Amir White, if these guys run the ball at their average five yards, five and a half yards per carry, Mike, Michigan's going to be in trouble. I, I hate the fact that we're making us wait for the late game on this one. I cannot wait to see the opening drive on both sides of this game. All right, I want to talk about specific futures. Circus put up exact result national championship game, a yes-no market on each, okay? So let's start out with the likely scenario due to the point spreads is Georgia and Alabama meet in the final, right? Georgia beating Alabama in the final, the yes is the favorite, plus 180, no, minus 130. Alabama beats Georgia, the yes, plus 205, the no, minus 265. If you think Michigan is going to beat, uh, if you think Michigan is going to beat Georgia, Alabama defeats Michigan, you can get plus 675, the no is minus 1150. If you think Michigan can beat Georgia and Alabama, the yes is plus 825, the no is minus fourteen fifty. Longest shot on the board now down to seventy three to one. Cincinnati beats Michigan in the final. Look, I, the, my favorite one of all this thing, and I yeah. love that you guys have done this. Yeah. Kudos to you guys. Alabama defeats Michigan at plus six seventy five. That's a distinct yeah. possibility, right? You expect the Crimson Tide to find a way through this yeah. game, and then take it on the Wolverines. And if you go into that matchup with that scenario. You take Michigan on the money line, you're sitting there with gravy all day. Alabama was 6.5-1 to one coming into the Georgia game to win the national title. Now you just need Michigan to beat Georgia. And if just to kind of secure yourself, if you think Crimson Tide are winning it, take Alabama plus 205 over Georgia. Would you take this future bet instead of betting Michigan in today's game? Uh, which one is that? Well, uh, Michigan. Would you take the future bet Alabama beats Michigan at plus 675 instead of betting Michigan today against Georgia? Uh... I've got Michigan money line. Yeah, at, yeah, at, I would at, because at plus of the 250. Odds. Right, because of the I, odds. I can set myself up at plus because I don't think. 
Listen, I was going to lay the 13 and a half with Alabama until you made your arguments about Cincinnati. So I'll look for an in-game opportunity. Yeah, do me a favor. Just don't text me when it's 31-3 Bama at halftime. No, I won't. <laughs> no, you won't. I, I'm, I'm a big boy. I know I what know I want that, with I my know, money. I, but... I know that, but I'm just saying, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that. But I, I think you make a compelling point that if I were to do it, I would take the plus 675 instead of the 250 yeah. alone. I think there's numbers out of whack on Michigan. I, I really do. I, I thought this line should have been four, four and a half. I thought the Alabama line going into a Georgia game was out of whack. I thought it was too high to begin with. See, I think both these numbers are different. I would have made Alabama more than two touchdowns, although the market might not have tolerated it. I think the real number in the game is like 16. But I also think three and a half or four is the right number on the Georgia-Michigan game. Look, I think 80% of the lines, if you put up there, if you put Alabama at 17 and a half, there would be people telling you it's not high enough. I, I just think you can put almost any number with Alabama to a certain extent. And I, I'm with you. I thought this should open 14. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some Outback Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Citrus Bowl, And again, a little bit about the Rose Bowl. That's next. Odds on. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with our own Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many, many, many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. They are in the second half uh, in both early games. Wake Forest now up 28 on Rutgers. Looks like they're going to cover that big number. Just over two minutes to go there. And no scoring so far in the Sun Bowl in the second half. Still 21 nothing, just under nine minutes to go. Uh, Washington State made a change at quarterback, Amal. Yeah, they, they had to. Jaden DeLore was really struggling in there in this game early on and uh, hasn't helped them much right now with the change at quarterback as Central Michigan once again on the move, threatening to score and blow this game out of proportion here. Uh, I'm really disappointed in this performance here by Washington State. Oh, my goodness. We just got breaking news, Amal, here on New Year's Eve that Betty White has passed away. The last of the Golden Girls. Oh, sorry to hear that. That is. She was a century, right? What a show. I'll never forget. uh, 99 years old. Bob Hope was like 103 when he he passed. I remember I was living in in New Jersey working at the Borgata. By the way, thank you for being a friend. One of the great theme songs of any show intro. Remember the guy that played her boyfriend, Miles? No. Oh. I didn't watch the show. He was, he was, he, there was a long story. He was actually... He, he was a professor in college, but then they found out that he was actually an accountant in Chicago that worked for an outfit guy and had turned state's witness. And so they had to, they had to keep running away, and he said, are you going to come with me? Because he went into hiding because the cheese man had escaped. And, uh, and, and, and she said, no, she couldn't leave her friends. And she said, wait, your poetry book, Miles. This is the end of the episode. And he said, go to page 73, and when you read it, think of me. And it was Frost's reluctance. And when to the heart of man is it ever less than a treason? go with the flow of things, to yield with grace to reason, or to bow and accept the end of a love or a season. Rest in peace, Betty White. Very okay. well said. All right, thank you, Amal. All right, we haven't talked about this game much. The Outback Bowl. I don't even know who's playing. The is Outback it Bowl. State? It is. It is. Them Razorbacks. Pig Suey. They're going to be taking on James Franklin, former SEC Titan there at, <laughs> at Vanderbilt. Um in the traditional early game on New Year's Day, 9 o'clock Pacific, noon there in, in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. This line 
Arkansas was one, one and a half, two. They're up to two and a half a mall. Arkansas had a, a much better than expected season under Sam Pittman. They were picked at the bottom uh, of the SEC. This team was ranked uh, until they went into Georgia and got whacked, but still had some good victories down the stretch, including over LSU. Two and a half and 48 and a half. I like the Hogs here. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I'm staying away from this game. The two best receivers, two of the Five or six best receivers in college football, both out of this game. Traylon Burks for Arkansas, their leading receiver, going to be a first-round pick. Jahan Dotson, probably a first-round pick for Penn State as well. It's really unfortunate we're going to have both of these guys opting out of this one. Mike, it's going to be a fun one to see. I want to see how K.J. Jefferson does. Redshirt sophomore, got a real opportunity to establish himself for next year. I think Sam Pittman's team is only going to get better. Recruiting has improved. Um, This is an in-game opportunity, in my opinion. I'm not going to touch this game. It uh, should be a good defensive game. This will be in the playbook for me in the next segment uh, when, when we close out the show. All right, uh, a game that everyone in VEASAN is on, and they're all on the same side, and you're joining ranks with everybody. The Fiesta Bowl from Glendale, Arizona. One of my favorite bowl games uh, through the years growing up. I always thought the Fiesta Bowl was an underrated bowl game. Um, you know, you had the Rose Bowl in the afternoon and the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl at night. But that Fiesta Bowl game earlier in the day usually proved to be high-scoring, entertaining affairs. Florida State played in them several times. Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Oklahoma State might not be here if they could have done anything inside the five-yard line against Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. But here Mike Gundy and the Cowboys find themselves taking on Notre Dame, who finishes ranked fifth in the poll. Their sole loss at home to Cincinnati this year. Played very well down the stretch, blowing out their opponents. Notre Dame is a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 44-and-a-half. You know, it's interesting. This line has come down now in favor of Oklahoma State. It's surprising me. I like the Irish a lot in this game. I think with the transition to Marcus Freeman, you don't have a drop-off for them. Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, has left to go to Ohio State. Mike, I think it's going to have an impact on this team defensively. I like the Irish here. And by the way, you mentioned Fiesta Bowl. It reminds me of when Brent Musburger was calling the game between the Buckeyes and Notre Dame 15 years ago tomorrow. Teddy Ginn gets the ball on the outside in the first score, and you knew Brent had the over. He goes, break out the adding machine, folks. <laughs> it was a great line. And nowadays, at least we can talk about freely, and he's been the catalyst in you know bringing this to the forefront. So uh, looking forward to that game, and it should be a fun one, but I like the Irish here. I think they're a team that's been vastly underrated. Look at this. One loss against Cincinnati, who's in the college football playoff. Tough win against an elite defense in Wisconsin. I think Jack Cohen, despite him being the quarterback, this team finds a way to win. Uh, the Citrus Bowl. Uh, and I was reminded of Steve Spurrier saying back when he coached at Florida, you can't spell citrus without UT after watching that Tennessee performance yesterday. Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida, another Iowa team. We just had the cheese It Bowl with Iowa State the other night in Mall, and now the University of Iowa Hawkeyes and your guy, Kurt Ferentz, uh, are taking on the Kentucky uh, Wildcats. Even though Iowa's higher-ranked team here, Kentucky the three-point favorite. Low total here, two good defensive squads. Not necessarily um, explosive offensively. Total of 44 here. Iowa team total, 20.5. Kentucky team total, 23.5. I have a play on this game later as well. By the way, I see the total at 44. Is that for eight quarters? That's, uh, no, no. It's for four only? For four quarters. Okay. A little bit surprised here with these two teams. Uh, no, why? Not... why? It's only 15 field goals. It shoots over. <laughs> Great line. Uh, I'm not going to touch this game. You know, this Iowa team, always great defensively. The inconsistency offensively. Goodson's opted out for the Hawkeyes on the running game. Uh, let's see what this Kentucky team can do offensively. Inconsistent, that's the concern I have. But solid defensively, they're going to want to run the football. I think it'll be tough sledding in this one. Um, going to stay away from this game, but looking forward to the two Big Ten SEC games tomorrow morning. 
Okay, and then the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. The game will kick at 2 o'clock here local time, 5 o'clock on the East Coast. This number's settling in here, uh, down from 6 to 5.5 to 5 to 4. It hasn't gotten below 4, Amal. Still 4 if you like Utah here with a total of 64. Are you going to be on your Buckeyes? I know you took uh, Utah at a higher number earlier. I took Utah plus 6.5, and, and I'm hoping Ohio State gets down to 3 because then I'll come back with the Buckeyes. I thought you brought up an excellent point yesterday, and this is one of the reasons I'm going to try and middle this game. I think Utah is getting a lot of love, and yeah, get, I get the opt-outs. But, you know, you look at teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, when you usually have opt-outs, there's a lot of talent still behind them. So from that standpoint, not as concerned, but I think Utah is going to be dangerous in this game. I want to see how the Ohio State offensive and defensive lines play. They've got something to prove. Look, the Pac-12 is not flattering Utah's chances here. Oregon State loses as a favorite. Arizona State uh, loses last night. Oregon gets demolished by Bob Stoops in Oklahoma. And then we're seeing this just awful performance here by the boys from the Palouse uh, in the Sun Bowl against Central Michigan. They finally have, uh, finally inside the red zone now, down 21 to nothing. I don't think that flatters what Utah did this season in terms of their victory. Remember, they lost to uh, Oregon State as well. And they lost to San Diego State, who wasn't even able to win their own conference, the Mountain West. You know what I find interesting in these bowl lines is, in the in whenever a player's out, whether it be in the NBA, college basketball, oh, it's only a point, point and a half, two point move. College football, we get two, three starters out, and we act like the entire team is defected. And, and I don't get it. If these teams are supposed to be recruiting at elite levels, then why is it that every year in the preseason they always rank Alabama number one? They just act like there's no drop off. And if you're Oregon, just because you have Thibodeau and a couple other players out, you had die in there. You had you had Brown at quarterback all year. You know what you had. It shouldn't. They shouldn't be acting like they don't have an opportunity in these games. Okay, then. Uh... The late game tomorrow, the Sugar Bowl from New Orleans. This should be an entertaining game. Yeah. Baylor, very solid team, well-coached team by Dave Aranda, taking on Old Miss and Matt Carell. Um, might have had a shot at a Heisman Young if he could uh, as a Heisman Trophy if he could have stayed healthy all year. Old Miss favored by a point in this game with a total now up to 57 them all. Yeah, I'm staying away from this game completely, but outside of the playoff games, Mike, I think this is actually going to be the most interesting watch. Baylor has really gone under underrated this year. Jerry Bohannon has been terrific, what he's been able to do. And by the way, for my money, the toughest quarterback, honestly, I've ever seen has oh. been Matt Corral. I, I've never seen a quarterback who runs between the tackles, gets blown up. You remember that play? Was it against Arkansas where they tried to decapitate yes. him? And he still kept it alive for the two-point conversion? I mean, this guy's unbelievable. They run him like Herschel Walker between, exactly. between the tackles. I mean, he who, rams up in there. Who's calling the plays? Vince Dooley? And it's not like he's Emmett Smith. They don't see him coming. He's so small. I mean, the, he takes a lot of hits. And he always bounces back and gets in the huddle. I mean, I've been a Matt Corral fan for a while. I think this kid's unbelievable. He has really been the catalyst for this I team. I never realized how tough and how good a runner he was till this year. Oh, he's, he's outstanding. There's one other bowl game. I think this is being played sometime in April. LSU is taking on Kansas State <laughs> d- d- down the road. Uh, is, uh, who's playing quarterback for LSU? Do they know yet? Is, is it a recruit coming in from high school? K-State up to three and a half in this game with a total of 48. You're absolutely right about that in this matchup when you look at it. I mean, this is interesting right now. We've got Garrett Nussmeyer going to get the start here for this one for the LSU Tigers. Not necessarily ready to back them in this one. I think K-State, the bowl game means a little bit more. Brian Kelly's team, after the 15 spring practice, should be ready to go. Maybe they can let Matt Flynn come in and play a game like they let Stoops coach a game for Oklahoma. <laughs> Just to make it competitive. Surprised Bob wasn't taking tequila shots on the sideline. He was having a good time. I thought when Wisconsin snapped the ball in the final drive with 21 on the clock that Barry Alvarez was going to replay, <laughs> re- 
replace the coach, Chris, <laughs> and coach the final seven minutes. <laughs> I'd get that they W. Were, they were able to get the last 10 minutes off. Coming up next, the playbook, and I'm all in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm, Amal Shaw, the final segment of 2021 here on the show. Uh, Amal, a couple of things. Jack Cohn, an undisclosed injury. He's on the injury list. We don't know. If he's going to start for Notre Dame, but we've seen the game move from two and a half down to one in almost all spots. Well, that's fine on the movement, but it tells you that nobody's that concerned about the fact that Drew Pine would be starting for Notre Dame. I don't think it's that much of a drop off. To me, Jack Cohn was the one thing that held this Notre Dame offense back all year long. He was efficient, but he's not a great quarterback. I like Notre Dame's chances still in this football game. I think they're just more talented across the board. At the Sun Bowl, Washington State has scored the game now 21 7. In game number here, plus 13 and a half on Washington State. The total is 42-and-a-half shaded to the under. You made a play on the game. Yeah, I, I think Washington State makes a comeback here in this one. I, I think it's going to be a few too many points. We'll see, hey, <laughs> they, oh, they just got an interception right on cue, Mike Palm. <laughs> I think you're just reading Femi's Twitter byline, and you and you jumped in on it. Uh, well, he, you, he liked Washington State plus 215, but, but that you, was in the first quarter. He does have a big Eastern Washington, the entire Spokane bias. bias. Yes, bit, he does. A little bit of a yes. bias. Okay, um, one and one yesterday. Let's get your picks uh, heading into the weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, last night in that Tennessee game, give Purdue uh, Purdue credit, but I didn't realize that Tennessee would be playing Purdue and the referees. Uh, it, it was horrific, some of the calls in that game. I think one of the worst beats that I can remember recently in the last few months is if you had Tennessee in the first half in that game. Uh, refresh my memory. Well, I didn't see the end of the first half. They 21-7 with the ball, and they, and, and they end up being down 23-21 at halftime. They were up 21-7. And, and, I didn't see yeah, any of the second oh, quarter. Yeah, yeah. they were there. Wow. And it just completely imploded in the second quarter there. Um, it, it, was a, it was a terrible, terrible beat. The whole last eight minutes of the game, even into the overtime, was drunk. Back and forth with all these ridiculous touchdowns and poor clock management. All right. You bounce back today. You got plays on both semifinal games. Yeah, let's start with Cincinnati here at uh, plus 13 and a half. Uh, I like them against the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think Alabama is still a terrific team offensively, but I think their defense has some question marks. And I think Cincinnati's better than they get credit for. I think the Crimson Tide move on, but I like Cincinnati getting 13 and a half. 
Michigan plus seven and a half against Georgia. You, you got to show it to me for Georgia to not take this number with Michigan. Mike, do you think there's a perception difference in Michigan's 15, uh, 13 and 0 instead of 12 and 1? Yeah, uh, I think this. If if Michigan is 13 and 0 and they don't get two bad calls against Michigan State and blow a 16 point lead, this game is probably less than a field goal. I, that's my feeling on this one. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. I don't think the Wolverines have gotten credit. Think about this. They were dominant against the Buckeyes. I think they only had two third downs in the second half against Ohio State. And they dominated that game. They've dominated every football game they've played this year. And then I like Notre Dame. The line has moved against me from two and a half down to one here. But I think the Irish are a better, more complete football team. I think the loss of Jim Knowles will have an impact. We saw it with the Clemson defense. Wouldn't you agree if Venables is calling that defense, Iowa State struggles to put up 13? I thought you could see a difference in that team. I don't know what their points are, but I don't think they would have been as effective running the football if Venables was there. I agree. And, 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 and to, to our benefit, they didn't stay with the running game. Yeah, exactly. I, I, mean, I, I thought they could have. Could have worked themselves back into that game with the running game. Instead, you, you had uh, Purdy batting the ball to the opponents. All right, let's let, let's go to my place for the weekend in the playbook. I'm big on Michigan here, guys. I've got the Michigan plus the seven and a half as a three unit play, and I've also got Michigan plus two fifty as a one unit play. We've talked about this game over and over. Look, you're going to know early in this game can Michigan run the ball or not. Yeah. If Michigan run the ball, they're winning the game. If they can run the ball. If they're struggling to run the ball, then it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I'd play the under. I'm not sure they can win the game. I think they can still stay within the number. But if Michigan can run the football, guys, they're going to win this football game. Leads Burnley in the EPL. Burnley uh, Burnley, one of the best uh, under teams as well. Under 2.5, lay 105. That's tomorrow. I bet Arkansas. I didn't want to lay 2.5. I bet Arkansas over Penn State uh, on the money line. I laid 135 as a two-unit play. Um, I'm pretty confident in that. We took several big money line bets uh, here at Circa on Arkansas for tomorrow as well. Uh, and then I'm on Kentucky here in this game against Iowa. I just, Iowa is, it would take some sort of like frosty and magic how he mismanaged that game in Lincoln for Iowa to win this game, right? Iowa shouldn't even win that game in Lincoln. They're down, they're down 21 to six. I mean, it's a, a blocked punt, a safety. I mean, all these strange things have to happen. The Iowa offense cannot line up the ball and just get 10 yards every three downs. They can't do it. No, I would agree with you there, and it's going to be a real challenge. We'll see what they're able to do in this one. I'm looking forward to these two games, Big Ten, SEC. SEC has struggled so far in bowl games. And by the way, I think I'm officially retiring on soccer. Porto and Benfica go over yesterday, Mike. I, I just it can't. It was 0-0. Then all of a sudden it was 2-0. Then yeah, it was 3-1. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. Up. Don't worry, I was on the same play with you there. <laughs> Although I had Porto, so that helped, but I still lost on the game. Where does New Year's Day rank for you amongst sports betting days of the year? Uh, not that high. No? No, I'm going to tell you, for me, the greatest day in sports betting is always that Wednesday of conference tournaments in college basketball. You've got every league going. It, it, it is without question the best day. Probably the Thursday, because I think the Big Ten doesn't go until that Thursday. Yeah, because they finish on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. So uh, the, those the, those Wednesday and Thursday are the two best days to bet college basketball. To me, it's a, it's one of the better days. It's a special day because of the, the traditions of the bowls and growing up and watching these bowl games. I look forward to it every year. Starts at 8 a.m. out here on the West Coast. I don't know if I move back if I could get used to the time chains from a betting perspective. You can't do it. Right. Anybody that's lived in the Eastern or Central time zone, and once you've moved out to the Mountain or the Pacific, you can't change off of that impossible. You know this because you and I grew up in the same part of the country. Britain's also from the same part of the country. There is nothing better. And then we used to have those plethora of bowl games, Fiesta Bowl, the late game, the Orange Bowl, also a stars, uh, later starting time. You see four feet of snow outside. You realize you're not going over. You figure out which one of your friends is going to be stuck coming over to your house to watch the Rose Bowl. You see in the painted sidelines, you see, and you see the backdrop, and you hear Keith Jackson go, 
Oh, the beautiful San Gabriel Mountains. Mountains. And you ask yourself, why do I not live in Southern California? Uh, for me, you know, when Iowa would make the Rose Bowl, yeah. we, there would be big parties. Throw oh, parties, 60, 100 people. You know, people would throw huge parties at their house to watch the game, and it'd be an all-day affair because it was such a big deal for your team to go to the And the Big Ten, you know, Ohio State and Michigan have been very dominant. But the Big Ten did a good job, especially in the 80s. Yeah. Michigan State went and played U.S. Illinois made it one year. Iowa made it different teams. And Wisconsin, you know, different teams get to go out there and represent the conference. We, we weren't able to have that many Ohio State parties back then because it was Earl Bruce. Yeah, it was Earl Bruce. <laughs> who, who, who coached at you and I? Uh, University of Northern Iowa. A couple more uh, key NFL matchups. I want to get to them all before we wrap up the year here. Raiders at Colts. Colts have been on a real surge here. They're not going to catch the Titans for the AFC South but positioning themselves solidly within the wild card race. Raiders pulled it out against Drew Locke. They're still in it, despite all the troubles that they've had this year. Colts favored by a touchdown in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil with a total of 44 and a half of all. You know, I, I like the uh, Raiders in this game, plus seven. You look at the injury situation right now. Carson Wentz out of the lineup for the Indianapolis Colts, and then the offensive line completely banged up. It's going to be an interesting matchup here, Mike. I think the game... I'd be looking at the under potentially in this one with both quarterbacks and the defense of the Indianapolis Colts. They got great speed. They fly around to the football, but I think seven's a big number here. Yeah. Uh, and Monday night, a game of relevance uh, in the AFC Browns at Steelers Browns lane three and a half on the road. Total of 41. I just want to say this. Mike Tomlin deserves a lot of credit for winning as many games as he has this year with this Pittsburgh team. I think they're absolutely God awful and I wouldn't lay three and a half with the Browns in this spot. I tend to agree with you. I don't want to lay three and a half on the road. Would anybody at all be surprised if the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to win this football game like they always do in situations where you don't expect it? No, because the Roonies have made it a rule, and the NFL all agreed. It was some at a winter meeting. Mike Tomlin's never allowed to go under 500. <laughs> really so somebody's got to lose a game here the last two weeks. You know what this game reminds me? Remember the Colts game last year uh, late in the season where the Steelers were struggling and they were down in the first half, and then they find a way to rally against Indianapolis and win that football game? This feels like a situation here for the Steelers. Yeah. Everybody's kind of writing them off. Monday night game, Big Ben, last home game in Could Pittsburgh. Be. Could be. They're not bringing him back. Could be. Could be. You don't think he could play? Oh, yeah, home game. Okay. I yeah. think he could play as a, as a quarterback on the road coming in. Yeah, that's possible. That's but possible. Who, but you last know, game is the Steeler at Heinz Field. Yeah, absolutely. Unless they get a home playoff game. Can't happen though, can it? They I, can't get up. They can't get into a. Can they win a the division? They might, I, I don't know. I haven't yeah, looked. Everybody at can win the AFC. Yeah. Teams that aren't in the AFC North are still alive <laughs> to win the AFC North. It's been become a tradition here, Amal, on New Year's Day at noon. The the Golden Knights play a game every year. Yeah. And they, and they take on the Ducks here. They're a pretty big favorite. I think around a dollar eighty. Dollar eighty-five today. Any leans on that game? No, staying away from this one. Uh, Broussant and Net here. This one tips early. Should be an interesting one. I didn't even realize they were playing early until somebody sent me a text saying yeah, it's fairly early, uh, empty right now at the arena. Yeah, they have uh, uh, a couple of games got postponed today, uh, but they had an early game. Oilers and uh, Oilers and the Devils played already earlier, and then a couple later games today in the afternoon in the NHL. Uh, Rangers at Lightning. Uh, goes at four o'clock Pacific. Tampa Bay favored by a dollar twenty at home in that spot, and then Capitals at Red Wings at four thirty Pacific time, seven thirty there in Detroit. Caps a dollar seventy five road favorite. Yeah, it's a big number on the road here, but uh, Washington has quietly really put together a good season. Nobody's talking about them. By the way, how about Tampa last night? Giving up a nine-burger against the Panthers. Florida routed them. They scored early and often in that game. Three goals in every period. It's been fun this year, buddy. It's been fantastic. I want to wish everyone a safe and happy new year. Happy new year to everybody. Thanks for listening. 
We'll see you in 22. Stay tuned. Up next, Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.